0: Your host Eric Balance, and this is the Resilient Minds podcast. Join me as I explore the capabilities of our minds and how our X factor can become our Y factor. Now is our time. Amazing. Well, welcome everybody to the Resilient Minds podcast. I'm super humbled and grateful to share the mic with a mentor, a teacher, and somebody that I'm very um, honored to have close proximity with, Mr. Joseph McLennan III. How are you, my friend? I could not be doing better, believe it or not, even in, especially in these, let's
1: just say challenging times.
0: Challenging for sure. Well, you know, for anybody that is not certain, um, about, you know, Joseph, Joseph McClendon, the is one of the most sought off, um, ultimate performance specialists in the world. This gentleman, his unique techniques and the way he rapidly is able to trigger the personal change that effectively moves you to take more consistent action and go further faster with your personal and business achievements is magnificent. I've been able to, you know, feel this gentleman's in energy, and he's nothing but heart. You know, he's delivered hundreds of keynote addresses and has presented to well over uh, millions and millions of people, three million around the globe. He's remarkable ability to go straight to the core of any challenge that we have and affect a rapid change, makes him super unique in the presence of business, health, wellness, and personal improvement. Um, I just want to touch on real quick, Joseph, how you've taught at UCLA for seven years and, you know, you're frequent, frequently being called upon to lecture at so many different institutions among Harvard and other Fortune 500 companies. And among that, you know, just to tip it all off at the top of it, you know, you've also partnered with a world-renowned life coach Tony Robbins for the past 30 years. So again, I just want to really thank you for your time. I'm pumped. I'm excited. And you know, let's 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 change the world in the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> let's go.
1: That's a small small task, but let's go. Thank you so much, Eric. And I'm honored to be on your show here. And I my hat is off to you. And I thank you for doing what you're doing because the more voices and the more impact that we have in the world right now, the better things are going to be. Because the world needs more leaders. So you're you're the man. And th- just the way we met, you know, I remember when we met in Australia uh it was uh as you always call it divine intervention that kind of thing and we were just kind of both of us were eating uh eating breakfast i think it was and we just started and then bam and I realized how much of an amazing person you were and the next thing you knew we pulled your ass up there on stage
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, to deliver. and that process and you going through that you know I, I admire you for going through that because you stuck with it and you won over there had to be what three four
0: five thousand people in that audience so you yeah, changed a lot big. of people's lives and it was amazing it was like it was so humbling you know just that feeling of of, of being on stage and you know spending that that time with you that same morning, literally, yeah. <laughs> right? And then I think I, I think we touched on it briefly too. Is like after we wrote that letter, um, after that whole experience of being on stage, you know how that was so so magnifying and being in front of that many people, you know, all at once was 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 really life changing. It was a pivotal moment in my life, and I, I anchor myself in that moment. And every time I you know have these struggles, quote unquote struggles. Um, of life that keeps happening for us, I, I put myself back there. So I just wanna, yeah, that was a huge life changing moment, and it was an, a, a great way to get to know each other really well. So, so Joseph, you know, I really want to, you know, um, take advantage of you know the time that we have together, and you know, the, the podcast we we I use it with called the Resilient Minds Podcast, and we really discuss um, in a really elaborate way our experience of life and how it really contributes to our why. So like our X factor, so to speak. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I always, I always believe that, you know, and, and, you know, the teachings, you know, that we all continue to learn upon ourselves from, you know, our mentors or, or, you know, you know, the stoics, anything, I believe that is always really detri or not detrimental, but advantageous to utilize our experience and pass that on because it resonates. So, what I'm trying to always um, communicate with the audience is how our experiences will actually um, evolve our purpose or our push our why moving forward. And right now there's some really unique advantages or experiences um, crisis creates opportunity (laughs) um, in the world. And I just wanted to, throughout your experience of life, you know, people are going through different struggles and um, uncertainties, and I guess if you don't mind taking us back, in the Cole's notes version, of course, of your experience um, throughout your the resilience that you had to create what you have today, or to evolve to the human that you are today, and to the um, pushing the mission that you continue to waking up every day, the whys and the interviews and everything that you could do. And I know it's a very big question, but if you don't mind, we can just, you know, we can just really in the Coles notes version, take us back to, to how it all began. How did Joseph McLennan, the III... well,
1: third? Well, first off, yeah. I like that you ask real simple questions, Eric. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 I uh, through through my stories, my experiences, I've always believed that we all we're all storytellers, and our story can can shift other people's lives as well. And I don't mind doing that at all, and it's especially poignant for the times that we're in right now. So, yeah. whenever you are the listener is listening to this recording, whether it's a year from now or five years from now, or it's just a few days from now, uh, we are in the most in my life and most of our lives the most challenging times of the planet, and that's not an exaggeration. You know, I'm in America and we right now are, it's a double whammy, the, the COVID uh, situation crisis, as well as we're having a huge, huge uh, unrest in our country. There's there's looting and rioting, as well as uh, racial tension and racial uprising going on. And so I'll speak to that, to what get, brought me to where I am right now and the message that I, I am, doing as best as I can to get this message across uh, to as many people as I can right now. And as you'll hear it, this message is, it rings true in the future as well, because it's always has. And I have a special attachment to what's going on here. I've had my own health issues. Um, I was near death. I had viral spinal meningitis one time in my life. I was afraid I was gonna die and hoping I would, that's how painful it would, it was. Before that, I had, uh, you, you know this, uh, that I was homeless once in my life, Eric, and I was homeless not because I had a bad upbringing. I had a great upbringing. I had great parents, uh, great great uh, experiences as a child. Uh, but I became homeless because when I was 17 and a half years old, three grown men tried to take my life because of the color of my skin. And um, they, they took everything from me, not in material things, um, my body was scarred, uh, and they healed, those, those wounds healed, but my, my insides, my, my emotions didn't, and I, it broke me, and I, I became homeless because I felt worthless. I felt um, if they could do that to me, then it was something wrong with me, and what changed my life, Eric, was, was uh, two things. No, number one, my father raised me to have integrity. My father was a 26-year 26 26 year military man, United States Air Force. He, had, he was unbelievably patriotic, unbelievably disciplined. And uh, he raised me to be, he raised all of us children to be, to have integrity, meaning you do what you say you're going to do. Your word is your bond and all those things. But he also raised us to have tenacity, meaning uh, you do something. If you say you're going to do it, you don't just do it once. You don't do it twice. You do it over and over again until you get the result. You know, that's how you get good at anything. And uh, and that's what he raised. But I forgot all of that stuff when I became homeless. And what changed for me was uh, was somebody gave me the book, Think and Grow Rich. And it was somebody that I didn't know. It was a kind stranger. Gave me the book. And I read the book. And here's the difference, because a lot of people have read the book. Um, I, I read the book, and I did the exercises in the book. Now, I'll never forget this. when I start, When I started reading the book... I, I read it, and it wasn't just a storybook, obviously. It was like, you do this, 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 you'll get these results. And then it hit me, well, wait a minute, that's the way I was raised. So I said I was going to do it. And then I not only did it, but I did it every day. You know, he said to do, you know, like affirmations twice a day. I would do them 10 times a day. I do them over and over again. And my life changed. Um, and uh, what brought me to where I am right now, just the cold notes version of this, because a lot going on between them, um, was. I went back to that gentleman to thank him for giving me the book, and I, I asked him. I said, "You know, you've changed my life. How do I repay you? What do I do for you?" And what he said to me changed my life. He said, "Joseph, how you repay me is you do the same that I've done for you, for as many people as you possibly can for the rest of your life, in any way that you can." And uh, you know, I was 19 when I when I heard that, and it didn't resonate so strong with me. But as I went on, I realized that that is my calling, that is my passion, and that's why I do what I do now. And it's afforded me to uh, be able to do the thing that, as you you mentioned in the intro there, uh, I'm a a neuropsychologist, and I help people get over fears and phobias, emotional challenges and things that hinder their lives. And um, I've got two unique skills, one of them you experienced, (laughs) Uh, and that is on stage and teaching and uh, on stage and and getting the results right then and there because i I pride myself on on if you're if you're going to engage with me we're going to get a result if you got a fear of dogs you come into my office there's going to be a dog in the office because at the end of that you're going to you're going to hold the dog you're going to be over the thing but the other uh, skill set that i have at the risk of sounding arrogant is teaching people to do it for themselves and i think that is more valuable than me doing it for them because That old adage, you know, give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, teach him, you know, they'll do it forever. And so uh, that's what, you know, brings us to where we are right now. I have had both of those experiences, life threatening experiences in both, uh, what's going on uh, around. And I know the only thing that saved me and the only thing that changed me, and it's the only thing that's gonna change and save everybody else, is a radical shift in our beliefs and our behaviors. And so the mechanics of doing that, are are uh, they're simple but not easy and that's what's lacking right now there are a lot of people talking about the problem and uh, a lot of people confused a lot of people hurting, and a lot of people scared and so what i i look to do to bring to this conversation across the world as much as i can is the conversation about let's let's find out the beliefs that we could should would have that's going to serve us all and let's change those beliefs which will in turn change the behaviors we will treat each other better and the world will be a better place.
0: You know, and that's, I think, a fundamental component of like, um, you know, bringing, you know, leading with love or, or sharing, sharing, sharing the light or, 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 or being so much determined behind of um, how we're going to fulfill our why. And what, what is it that has continued to like bring that why like, and it's been shining bright for, you know, the past, you know, 30, 40 years for you and continued to bring that to the masses because like Joseph, you're, you know, I've seen you in front of, you know, thousands of people and you're bringing energy, you're bringing that great. And you continue to do it online. You continue to do it during these times. In fact, I remember a couple of days ago, you shared something people were talking about so much of the negative violence that's happening but aren't sharing enough of the peaceful protests that are also happening and to me that was that was really powerful because there is so much of that sharing of because the loud sounds it sounds you know it's it makes a bigger noise um but however joseph you continue to push that why of having the voice of reason, the voice of love, the voice of passion, the voice of what's the why? How do you continue staying so you know humble and persistent with this determined approach? I think that's a two-pronged answer. Uh,
1: the first one is, um, I remember when I said my father raised us with integrity. Yeah. And so I I can't, teach what i don't practice for myself i I always say that i I can't i won't teach theory i can't teach you to swim if i don't swim myself or ride a bicycle or fly an airplane or any of that stuff and so um being said i have had these experiences of not only in my own life but i've had the privilege of coaching and mentoring and and working with other people and helping them get results and change their lives Um, and and so so that's what i do but why i do it it's not the fame, it's not the fortune, it is that, um, you know, people always talk about, you know, when you find your passion, well, this is my passion, but here's what passion is for people. It's when you do something, it's what you do when nobody's looking, wow. that you continue to do, that is your passion, that you would do no matter what, that you would do even if you didn't get paid for it it's what you do when you when nobody cares and nobody ever even knows that's the measure of a man and that's what fills me up because um you know and i I certainly love love it when people come up and say joseph you changed my life and stuff like that but that's not it not yet and I liken it to anybody that is a parent you you don't do for your children so that they just so that they go mommy daddy I love you Mm-hmm. You know, you do it because it's the right thing to do and it fills you up. You know, when you go in, I, I, for, and I repeat what my dad did with me. And it was so funny because I remember as a kid, I used to go, why does he do that? My dad would come in every single night. My dad my dad worked on the Air Force. He also worked a second job and he also went to night school. So he wouldn't come in. I wouldn't see him all day long. I'd, he'd leave in the morning. He wouldn't come in till like nine or ten at night. And we'd be asleep most of the time. And my dad would always come in and it would piss me off because he'd turn the light on. We'd be dead asleep and he'd turn the light on. And he'd just look at us, you know. All, he'd go in each of our rooms, I had three sisters, and he'd go in our, and he'd just look at us. He wouldn't say anything, he'd just kind of look at us. And I'm always thinking at the kids, like, what the hell is he doing that for? But now I know because it's, it's a ritual with me. I don't turn the light on, but every night I go in and I kiss my son on the forehead, he's asleep. And I do it not it, because it fills me up. That's my passion, and so I liken my passion for doing what I'm doing as the same kind of passion that people have when they do something for other people, when they do something for their child, when they do something for a homeless person, when they give back, when they contribute. And you and I know that just based on the, the, the courses that you've gone through and things that, that we teach that that is one of our basic human needs is that need to contribute to somebody, and so. I've been able to fill my life up from a financial and an abundance standpoint and all those areas of my life and what keeps me, uh, keeps me going. And what, what my reason why is, is when I walk away from a situation and I know that I've helped another soul, like somebody helped me.
0: Yeah.
1: And then that's what keeps me going. That's why I
0: keep doing what I do. Wow, you touched on something. It's what you do when no one's looking. And I think that that just really resonates, especially right now with the current circumstances that's happening in the world. How can more people show up right now in living with that type of passion, that type of mentality, doing what's right, even when no one's looking, what's right when no one's looking in, you know, with what's happening, you know, in the United States right now with, you know, the whole experience of George, George Floyd and, you know the the ways that you know people are you know sharing violence or riot or or you know the other way where peaceful protests. What can they do more of to do go by the right way, if that makes sense?
1: There are several things, and I'll I'll take you through uh, one uh, with some steps. But the yeah. first thing is the easiest thing for that anybody and everybody can do is lead with love. Yes. Lead with love in everything that you do, every step that you take every breath that you take every move that you make I'll be watching, but I'll be watching <laughs> everything that you do go go with love on your tongue on your heart and in your eyes and the 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 way to do that is this comes with a silly story um <clears throat> here's how I learned this uh, I, I'm <clears throat> and it, it's a, it's it's an opera it, it is a it's a procedure that we all can do and we can start now and I encourage everybody to do it because it doesn't cost you any money doesn't cost you anything it just it doesn't really take you any time. When I was uh, in my 20s, and late 20s, early 30s, I was a musician, Eric, <clears throat> and um, I grew up in a small town. And in that small town, everybody knew each other. And there was this thing called common courtesy. Common courtesy was if you're walking down the street and you see somebody or they come across your path, you at least give them a nod and go, okay, what's, what's up, you know, or, or hi, how are you doing? Acknowledge that that person's there. Well, when I moved from that town to, to Los Angeles, Hollywood, California, to seek my fortune as a musician, I moved there, and I'll never forget it, the day I got there, nobody would look at me. Nobody would acknowledge me. I'd walk down the street, and it's like, I'm this you know, bright-eyed kid going, I'm in Hollywood, and everybody was just blowing. and this was before cell phones. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have the excuse of looking at their phone, they just, you know, and it pissed me off. It, it upset me, because I'm going, these people, you know, they're plastic. They're, they're pretentious. They're, they're fake. And then I asked the question, Eric, I said, what if it's not them? And I thought, no, it's gotta be them because you know, I'm nice. And then I said, well, maybe there's, maybe there's something I'm doing, or maybe there's something I could do to shift that. And I created something called my 50 foot rule. And this is how you lead with love. And that is in anybody that comes within 50 feet of me. I say to myself, I love you to them i don't have to say it out loud but my intention to them is sending them love now it causes you from from now by the way there's science behind this i'm not going to go into it but what it causes your brain to do in order for you to have that to have that focus and to put that intention on somebody else your brain has to go what do i love about that person and that searching process in your brain does three things number one it creates what are called synapsis response meaning your brain is connecting a to b and in the search your brain is actually growing the second thing that it does is it makes your brain release what are called dopamines dopamines are the substances the chemicals that make you euphoric and the third thing that it does is it makes your electromagnetic energy field at the risk of sounding too cosmic, expand, and when it does, they feel it. Theirs expands, and you become more connected. You do this; you make their their brain do the same thing. It releases dopamine. It it changes its focus. It changes its uh, receptors inside the brain and starts to make different connections. So you actually cause somebody else to feel somebody, and we've all something, and we've all had that experience where we're we 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 look at a person from across the room and they feel us looking at them and they mm. catch us. Or you think about somebody and the phone rings and it's them. That is leading with love at, 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 at work. Now, we're in our houses. You know. I don't know how it is with you down under, but here <laughs> we are, we've been on quarantine for two and a half months now. And so people are saying, well, how do you lead with love That It's just intention. In other words, it's right now, when you talk to somebody on the phone, when you think about somebody, if, you, if anything that is repeated will become a habit. So if you make a habit of every time you think of anybody, anything, when you're seeing these people hurt on the, on the, on the television or you know, hurting and, and, and doing all those things, you just love them, just love them, put that intention out there. That's number one. Number two, we have to approach this, what's going on from a, as I said before, We've got, what has to happen is um, there's got to be a shift in our beliefs and our behaviors. Benjamin Franklin said, he best put it, he said, those, he said, justice will not prevail until those that are unaffected are just as outraged as those that are affected. Mm. And it was, it's such a beautiful uh, statement because it's the truth. Why would anybody change if they're not affected, if it doesn't bother them and they don't know how to be affected? Because, see, I don't I don't fault somebody that has a different color skin, a white person, because they don't know my experience. They just don't know. You know, so right now they don't know. But guess what? They're outraged right now around the world, even in your country right now. By the way, I noticed that people are standing up and they're they're speaking out around the world, so that has happened right now. We are in that, that is the assessment of where we are right now. The unaffected are outraged and they get it. They don't know everything, but they get it. And they're going, okay, what?" everybody's going, what will we do? What's like a paramedic showing up on the scene of an accident. There's a set of protocols that they gotta go through. First thing, assess the situation. Look around and assess the situation. Well, it's been assessed. Right now, the world is hurting. Right now, there's racial unrest. Right now, people are upset. Right now, people are confused. All, that's the assessment, okay? The second step is, once you find out the, you know, where the attention needs to go, you gotta stop the bleeding immediately. You know, if you come up on an, on an accident and there's somebody laying in the road and they're bleeding all over the place, you don't go, how did this happen, all that stuff. You, you stop the bleeding. Yeah. And how you stop the bleeding in this is you gotta ask people what they want. Now, in this situation, and again, I'm only going to speak to what's happening in the U.S., but you got these millions of people in the streets right now. And if you ask all of them, what do you want? Their answer is, we want racial justice. We want racial equality. And that's a no-brainer. Yep. But the question I ask is, what do you need and what do you want right now that's going to make you feel better and get you out of this pain right now? And the answer in this case right now, the, the, the best thing is, there. and I, I left this post, you probably saw it, that there are three men that are out there right now that are still free, that if I had have done what they did, I would be arrested. And mm-hmm. so what everybody's calling for right now, and, and it amazes me that our leadership doesn't do it, is those men need to at least be arrested and charged. That's going to make everybody going to go at least take a step back and stop the bleeding because then they're going to feel like some of their needs are being met. And then once that, once you stop the bleeding, then you've got to stabilize the patient. And how you stabilize the patient is, remember this, and everybody listening, always remember this. If you don't ask somebody what they want and what they need, then they know on some level, energetically, emotionally, that you don't know what they want. If they don't get to speak it, if they don't get to tell you what they want, then they know and they can feel and probably will feel like you're trying to get them to do something for you and not for them. And, and that feels like this, if I say to you, Eric, if you work hard and you give up your time and you sacrifice your money and your, your energy, you get up early and stay up late for, for the next year, I promise you at the end of the year, I get to take my son and we get to go to Hawaii. Like you're going, you know, yeah, so what, you know, because now you feel like, you know, you're going to do all this work, but you, I'm, you're not going to benefit. Yes. So instead, I need to ask you, what do you want? And and then we sit down and how you stabilize the patient and now we come up with a plan of what to do. And we say, okay, well, here's what, here's what my promise to you is. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to put into the legislation. We're going to train the cops, you know, in this situation or whatever it is. And, and that's and then you transport the, the, the patient you get them back in the in their homes and those kinds of things and the last step is to
0: follow through with treatment so you touched on um, and, and I'm just gonna get a little bit more clear with 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 what you touched on there with the three um, individuals that are still out there um, is it is it is it all three or the fourth one as well they're all still uh, no they arrested them they arrested the man with, that killed him with the yeah. foot on
1: the neck yeah. but there were look, this forget the fact that i'm a black man yeah anybody
0: 100%. if you if you, if you if i saw that by my like i watched the video i watched the video and i was horrified
1: absolutely if, if, if i saw like, you
0: doing that if you saw me doing that we would be jumping on on you to stop right. but if and and by the way that's why i'm saying you're as outraged
1: yeah as the people that are being affected because as a black person it, it happened to me when I was 17 and a half years old I'm 67 years old that's 40 that's 50 years ago okay and it's it's affected me and that's not the only time okay? and,
0: and and how much how can you how are can you protect your your boys you know your, your boys they're scared, right? Like
1: yeah. I've already had to have that conversation with my son that, that no white person has to have with their child that listen, you are you've got a target on your back, so you've got to behave a certain way, or you know, otherwise you're gonna get shot, you're gonna get killed. Nobody wants to have that situation. But but to answer your question, if you saw a man being murdered, and I stepped in front of you and I didn't allow you to attend to that man, and that man died. I would be arrested. I would go to jail on the spot, okay? If a man was being murdered, and the man that's murdering him is murdering him, and you're holding that person down,
0: yeah.
1: then you would be arrested. That's what those three men did. The one man kept every, anybody, he just he pushed him back. The other two men were holding the guy down while he was, he was, he was handcuffed, and, and he died. And so that's, they're being, they're giving special treatment. They're still out there in the street. And and that's, that again, that it needs to change. That is what we're saying. It's just like, how can you not recognize that right here in front of our eyes right now, the same injustice that's been going on for 400 years is happening again. That's why people
0: are outraged. And you know, that outrage is, is, is rightfully so, right? Like we're all outraged. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I remember and, and let me know if you you saw this too. there was a lady um, that um, was being interviewed and she was sharing how you know this is the type of how they feel with all these riots and all the looting, this is how they always feel walking through a regular city or a street. That's how uncertain it feels. Listen, it is I, I, there's so much I can tell you about this, but I'll, I'll
1: give you just a couple of insights, okay? okay the number one fear of human beings is the fear of of being left alone fear of rejection we know it as fear of not being loved well it's more than just a cliche and more than, than an energetic thing it is our survival instinct every baby is born with that need to keep people around because instinctively the baby knows that if it's left alone it'll die period you know human babies out of all the animals all the animal kingdom we're the ones that stay with it are dependent upon somebody else for our emotional and physical needs than any other animal Mm -hmm. a a human baby cannot take care of itself until it's six seven eight nine ten years old you know you can't put that baby out in the world its brain hasn't developed okay and so that fear that we have it's when it shows up it's called fight or flight and what happens is cortisol adrenaline stress hormones get released inside of our bodies now it's designed to get us off the dime to get us to move to get us to do something but if it stays in our system too long it damages our, our system okay now keep that to a certain to keep that in your back pocket for a second okay now there was an experiment and again if you're listening to this you don't have to take my word for it and, and this is I, I, you know I want everybody to get that I want you to understand what every black person has going on inside of them that we don't even know that it's there most of the time. When you get older, you know that it's there because you've had some experience with it. But there's an experience, experiment, and all you gotta do is go on YouTube and look up black baby doll experiment.
0: Mm.
1: And what they did, Eric, was they took these, a a baby doll, a a black baby doll and a white baby doll. And then they took children, black children and white children, but they did them, you know, one at a time. Uh, And they took, and you'll see it, it'll break your heart. And they, put the the, the child in between the ages of three years old and five years old, they put them in front of the baby and that you hear the narrator say, show me. And by the way, this has been going on since the 40s. They do this experiment through the 40s. It's a little better now, but it still exists. They ask the child, show me the baby, point to the baby that's wrong, bad, and ugly. And all of those babies, all of those children point to the black baby doll. It breaks your heart. And then they go, point to the baby doll that's good, pretty, and right. And all of those children point to the white baby doll. Now, here's what that means. By age three o'clock, or three years old, that baby has learned that they are undesirable, that they're wrong, they're bad, and they're ugly. Which means the cortisol that's being released in that baby's body constantly is higher than somebody else now they took and then they say show me the baby doll that's good right and pretty they all point to the white one well then they put the white children in the same in the same seat and they asked the white children and they all did the same thing which means it is systemic it's across the board now take that forward to what you just said i walk this planet with that going through my system now i i consider myself evolved because of the techniques and the processes and the, the, the strategies that I know to help people get over that. But I still got it going on that as I walk through, there's something in the back of my mind that says I could be murdered, I could be killed right now because I am not preferred. I am, it's called low level stress. And this is the reason why. Uh, African-Americans have a higher level, one of the reasons, high, high, have a higher level of heart disease, heart attack, high blood pressure, high ten, hypertension because that cortisol is constantly going, flowing through our systems. The level of cortisol in a black man versus that of a white man in the United States is almost twice that, that it is of, of a white man. And it is because of that low level stress that's always being pumped through us. When, when a, a white person in this country, and I've, I've asked it, what happens when you're driving and you're driving and you see the, the police lights in your rearview mirror? They always say, I get pissed off, you know, now I'm going to get a ticket. Now I'm going to, you know, you know, in this calm. I fear for my life. I fear for my life. I know that this could be the last breath that I take on this earth because that, and I've had it happen. I haven't been shot, but I've had uh, police treat me very, very badly and tell me that this is going to be my last night on
0: earth. Wow. And, and, you know, that's for, for, for coming from people that are sworn to protect you and enforce the law that, you know, that they, it it really, you know, fascinates me because that's the same thing. Like I, when I, if I get pulled over, yeah, I have this, like, Oh my God, I'm I'm worried. I'm going to get a ticket, but never has once have I thought, you know, I'm going to get shot in the head or, or, you know, what you're, what you've ever, you know, police brutality or any of this thing. And it fascinates me that people that are supposed to look after us thats supposed to look after the population doesn't matter, you know, whether you're black, white, Hispanic, you know, Latin or, um, Asian, indigenous, it doesn't matter. What matters is that we're one person, we're oneness, we're humanity, we're humans. You know that I know that
1: and everybody else knows that as well, except for the people that are overtly and, and, and steeped in racism. They don't believe that they, they feel, and that's just, that's their strong belief. So we all know this, but like I said, the important thing is now it's about technique process strategy to change the beliefs so that we change
0: the behaviors. So, you know, you touched and you touched on, you know, the, you know, the leading with love describe, you know, a process that somebody, you know, that maybe is looking at this from, you know, a really subjective point of view, can be taken along in, again, I know, and I know this has, you know, this is something that is a, pro, is, is, would you, would be an evolutionary process, but is there a way that, you know, for to anybody that's listening that, that might be listening to this can have a process to really share more compassion to, to, you know, put themselves in a different perspective and to allow themselves to really change their belief associated with, with what is happening. And maybe that's just fear all entailed, right? Like yes, through, through 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 COVID or through their experiences of life or you know through 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 what's happening now with the you know the, the racial and, and the rioting and uh, how does that um, how how can that process be defined and, and and can it be? Yeah it can be yes. And um as you
1: know, like I said, one of my expertise is is to help people get over fears and phobias and emotional challenges. And so a longer conversation than we have right now, but I'll give everybody a really simple, simple tool that you can use. And that is this, number one, it always starts with awareness is always the first step. So you've got to ask yourself, what do you already believe? Now it can be one of two, it can be several things, but it falls in just a, a few different categories. I don't know what I believe about black people or race and all those things right now, or I believe everybody's equal and everything's fine. Or, you know, I think, you know, people are, are unequal and whatever, whatever comes up, okay? When an emotion happens, so, so first off is to assess what the emotion is, okay? And that is uncertainty. For most people, it's uncertainty right now. For some people, it's anger. For some people, it's frustration. Because some people are saying right now, I'm sick of hearing about these racial issues, you know? So whatever comes up, that's the emotion. So whatever it is, no judgment, okay? Yes. Second thing is, what do you want to feel? What is going to be the best emotion to feel instead of that? And in this case, it's love. You know, not at the risk of sounding too unicorns and 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 rainbows and you know and all those things. It is just love. And so once you have those two things, you do something what's that's called a pattern interrupt, and that is this. Whenever you're feeling something. If you get it, if that pattern—that's that's that's a a pattern of emotion and thought and your physical body—is a certain way. If you're sitting, we've all had this 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 kind of situation where we're sitting somewhere. Maybe you're sitting in your living room and you go, "I need to go get an ink pen out of the kitchen," and you stand up and you go in the kitchen, and there you are standing in the kitchen, going, "The hell did I come in here for?" Happens to all of us. Well, it is—it's a—it's a a, uh, psychological mechanism that happens called a pattern interrupt whenever you're in because when you're sitting on the couch you're thinking about the ink pen you're in a certain you're you're a certain focus certain emotion and certain physical position as soon as you radically change that you're no longer in that focus you're no longer in that emotion and you're no longer in that physical position and you create a blank spot a, a vacuum in your head and it is a vacuum and nature always wants to fill up a vacuum And so all you got to do is feel bad, in other words, if it's uncertainty, if it's, if it's whatever, feel bad, and then stand up and shake yourself out. And what you've done is you've interrupted the pattern and you've created a blank spot and then just smile. Because in that moment, your brain releases dopamine and you feel good. And if you do that enough times, you won't be able to feel bad anymore because what you're doing is you're literally replacing that pattern. Now that's really really simple and people, you know, if you do that over and over again, you, you know, you won't feel that way anymore. Now that's a really easy or a really simple way if you will to shift your behavior your your belief on it. But then you got to take it further. You got to say okay, well what can I do? What should I do? What do I what what do I want to do? And that kind of thing. But at the very least you're you're getting yourself out of that pattern of fear or that pattern of and this works with anything by the way that pattern of fear or that pattern of doubt or uncertainty.
0: Wow. And, 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 and by the way, this is something that you continuously teach and shows up in values yeah. in your, in your work every single day. So this is not a learned, or sorry, this is a learned thing that you continue to implement, you yeah. know, for your staff, for your family, for the people that you serve. And some, somebody, somebody that, you know, continues to learn this pattern and, um, makes it better becomes more aware becomes more able to do this at a a faster in a faster way rather than you know waiting to because i know that for myself since i've learned this i've become more aware of those situations where i can become it instead of it taking days it takes you know maybe a couple yeah yeah yeah
1: it is it's like you know one of the things that i i noticed about you right away and anybody that's been around you for two seconds knows that that, you know, bodybuilding and taking care of your body is very, very important. You're a beast, <laughs> you know, and that doesn't, and anybody that looks at you doesn't say, oh, that guy was born with that. We know the work, the the tenacity, the, the everything that it took for you to get that. Well, it's the same way with working on your brain, it's the same way with working on your personal development. It's not something you go do one time. It's a practice. It is a rehearsal that once you, the more you do it, the better you get at
0: it. So, you know, you, you've offered so much value in regards to how we can really, you know, work out, uh, you know, our minds, our emotions, where we can lead with love. Can you, would you mind sharing, you know, because there's so much success that you've um, overcome or that you've created and you've overcome this um, and adapted to different circumstances and been able to, to continue to um, move forward. What would be one reason why people fail?
1: Um, well, first off, lack of planning and scheduling. That's uh, that's first reason. Second thing is lack of of uh, acknowledgement and reward once they've done something. Because we all see people say, "Well, I, you know, I'm not very focused." Yes, you are. Everybody's focused when you want to be. You know, when it, when things are going right. And if I said to you, there's a fire, get out of that door. You'll focus on that door right now, and you go get out of that door. The problem is, is we get distracted. There's so many distractions, and we all we've all done this. I've done it as well. I get up in the morning and I go, I'm going to do this, 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 all you know, today. And at the end of the day, I go, I forgot to do this, this, and this, yeah. because I didn't schedule it, because I didn't remind myself. Get out your phone and remind yourself. Tell Siri to remind you ten times a day if it takes. Okay, so that's number one is scheduling. The second thing is, is when they do something and they and they accomplish something, even if they didn't succeed at it, even if they do succeed at it. What most people do is they walk away from it and just go, okay, well that's over, that kind of thing. Okay. Your nervous system works on praise and reward. Anything with a nervous system works that way. So if you praise something, if you acknowledge something and you reward something, when you've done it, the nervous system goes, I want to do that again. And that's what encourages you to get up early, stay up late, and do the next stuff. Um so it's the carrot on the stick, it's what you're gonna get. And then when you want, you know, through your journey, reward yourself. You know, it's like you know, you know, I'm assuming that when you lift that. 10,000 pound weight that you lift and you put it back down on the bar, you don't just go, oh, that was hard. You know, you probably go, yes, I did it. And your nervous system goes, do it again. You know, we got a puppy around here and dogs with a nervous system, it's the same thing. You go sit. And when, at first, when the puppy looks at you, it's like goes, what the hell does that mean? But then you push his little butt down. He sits down, you give him a cookie and you praise him, you go, good dog. And then he looks at you again, you go sit. Push it down, give him a cookie. Pretty soon he goes, Wait a minute. Every time that word happens, if I put my butt on the ground, I get a cookie and I get praised. It happens automatically. Well, we're just as silly as those puppies. We're the same thing. And so we gotta give it to ourselves. You know me, shaking that ass and things like they that. It's, us. it's all about praise. You know, it's it's what I call the achiever's dilemma, and that is achievers you know, I, you know, I've had the privilege of working with millionaires, billionaires, and Grammy winners, and sports figures, all that, all those things. And the biggest challenge that most of them have is, is even when they succeed at something, they go, I should have done better, yeah. you know, or, you know, someone else did better than me. Screw that. You need to dance and shake like crazy and go, I did it. That's what makes you want to do more.
0: That, that's huge. And, and you're right. Like, you know, I think that that's myself included. I think there's so many times that you know, I've overcome like different, um, things. And I'm like, I haven't even got to close to a capacity of where I want to be. And instead of my brain says, how, how can I get forward? I I don't even recognize, and this, again, this is me just speaking. This is not me speaking for anybody. This is me speaking for myself is I sit there and I say, I should have done better. I could have done better. Yeah. yeah. I don't reward myself. So that's massive. It really helps me right now, just personally. So thank you for that. Joseph yeah yeah um one thing i want to um just quickly touch on and you 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 speak you've spoken that you're always around these you know um high vibing you know high intense high performers high achievers what is it like you know to to really spend and you've spent you know you know the past 30 years around you know a great high achiever you know mr tony robbins right what is that like? And how does that allow you to continue to bring your best? Because, you know, Joseph, you bring your best every single time I see you. And what does that like? Because it's like, you know, we always have mentors or teachers that are ahead of us or, or people that, that, that are alongside of us. And, you know, I'm sure there's so many people that are curious is like, how do you continue to stay at your peak performance um, when there's that big of a high achiever, all, you know, around you and, you know, support is that, how does that feel to have that type of, well,
1: first first off, I'm going to give you my saying and it'll explain how I feel. Okay. Yeah. The saying is don't be in awe, be awesome. Oh. And what that means is I, you know, everybody can teach me something. There's a high achiever that makes billions of dollars, but guess what? He can't play bass guitar like I do, you know. I love it. Uh, everybody can teach me something, but I can teach somebody else something as well. So I walk into a room of high achievers and I never, never, I used to until I started to do exactly what I said before, reward myself for the things and make myself feel awesome. Yeah. I never feel intimidated or feel less than because I'm just as good as them in some area. Mm-hmm. I'm better at something that they're not you know? And so, so number one, don't be in awe, be awesome. And they appreciate it. I mean, if you think about it, it doesn't feel good when somebody's just fawning over you and just going, Oh, you're awesome. You're great stuff like that. You don't want that. What you want is for somebody that is, is you know, equal to you, that, that feels good. You know, those accolades, that goes away very, very quick. If you if you have that much of an ego that you've got to have people, you know, fawning over you and, and you know, and, 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 and in awe of you, that's very uncomfortable, especially for people that are, that are high achievers. So what I do is I always think, okay, well, what value can I bring to their life? And I'll, and I'll say that. I'll go to somebody that, I, that has, uh, you know, a, some specialized knowledge, something I want. And I go, hey, listen, let me ask you a question. I want to add value to your life you know what can i do for you do you know to show you uh, i that i do what can i offer you and most of the time they'll go you know you don't have to you don't have to do anything for me what can i do for you and i'll go okay well maybe teach me this that kind of thing and it's always a trade-off you and i are doing it right now you and i are doing it right now you know i'm you're you you asked me if i would do this and i and i said to you i'd be honored to do it you know why because I'm fulfilling my destiny and my goal by doing this. You're assisting me in, 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 in uh, getting my message out and doing the thing that I said before, which is impacting as many people as I possibly can. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it, I, I, I appreciate the the nice things that you said about me, but I also, you know, this from our very first meeting, I'm in awe of
0: you, but I know I'm awesome too. You Yeah, know? uh, you're right. And, and you know what? I think that from since when we met to, to how we communicate. Now I was, I was more in like, I feel more comfortable even having the conversation, right? It's more of like, uh, um, because it was still before it was in awe and I didn't maybe then realize my own awesomeness. You know what I mean? And now it's like you recognize that and you get comfortable and you're more pumped and you know, the value you can give. Um, and what you'll find
1: by the way, with the, with the greats uh, is if they, will help you feel awesome as well if you find somebody that's a high achiever or you know you know somebody that's like that and they don't make you feel good you don't want to be around them that long that's a
0: jerk you know and and you know you don't want to be around that person i love that joseph um so um i know you know we're conscious of time and i just you know i want to i want to you know really respect your time um Before we go, I just wanted to ask, you know, for anybody that's listening right now, how can they, you know, find you? Where can they, you know, jump, um, get more information about, you know, anything that you're doing, any events that you're holding, any online events that you're doing? Um, Is there, if you, whatever you share, I'll end up putting into the show notes anyways. So um, please, if there's,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I actually have a gift. If you'll allow me to give absolutely, a gift. please. Yeah. Yes. Uh, absolutely. A few things. Uh, and, and it's free and it's not a, it's not a lead capture. It's not a free trial. It's none of that stuff. You it's an absolute free thing because right now, um, right now this, the world is craving for leadership and leadership only comes from somebody that has self-certainty. So self-certainty, not confidence, mm. not that self-certainty. And so I created a program uh, and it's called the Self-Certainty Masterclass. And if you go to my Instagram, now if you go on my website, you have to pay for it. And I think it's like five, 600 bucks or something like that, but it's free on my Instagram. If you go to my Instagram and click on the pro, I'll give you my address here in a second. Click on the profile. Uh, there's a link below my profile and just look for Self-Certainty Masterclass. Click on it. It's an audio program and a and a, a workbook that you can download, or you can do it right there on your phone. And what it's designed to do, it's not just Joseph talking and motivating you. It's it's strategies and some things that you do to get some results. And so my Instagram is I am Joseph McClendon. You you'll put it in the in the notes there.
0: Yeah, I'll put it in the notes, and also I'll put the link that you have in your um, yeah that'll be nice your, yeah. in your uh, Instagram in the notes as well, too, yeah. for anybody that may be driving or, or just so it's simple for them to get to it. And with regard
1: to, uh, any other things that I'm doing, you can go to my website, which is just my name.com, josephmcclendon.com, awesome. uh, or LinkedIn or any, any of those things I'm, I'm easy to find. And, and what I encourage you to do is this, you know, l- let me say this in closing, Eric, uh, first off, thank you. Thank you so much for allowing me to do this. And your trust with your peeps, um, is that, um, i have th- i have five things for people to do right now one of them like i said lead with love okay but uh, that's for other people and for yourself the next thing is is to meditate meditate means take some time just spend some silent time with yourself even if it's just 10 minutes and listen to the voice that's speaking inside of you the next thing is to move your body in some way constantly you know every 10 minutes or so get up and you know i got rebounders and i got you know go for a walk stand up do something And then the next thing is mitigate the fear mitigate means to make less than Uh, and so i already gave you like an example feel bad interrupt the pattern feel good turn off the television you know turn off the bad news you know you i I don't want you to be uninformed but you don't have to watch that same thing over and over again you watch it once in the morning watch it once in the evening if anything bad happens you'll know about it okay and then the last thing is mentor and that means like you're doing right now you're listening to eric and myself We're we're mentors, so to speak, and and you're you're learning. And I want to add to that, and it's the reason why I'm giving this program away is I want you to be a mentor as well. Mm -hmm. And blame it on Eric and blame it on me. You don't have to go. I thought this up. You don't have to you know go. I learned this from Eric. I learned this from Joseph. Mm -hmm. And you teach somebody, because whatever whatever you can do to help somebody else feel, think, and do better, helps us all. And so you be a mentor learn something, you know, and, and or share things, you know, I encourage you, you know, follow me, follow Eric on, on Instagram and things like that. I'm constantly putting stuff out that, that is in that vein. So you be the mentor. And then lastly, I'll say this for everybody that, um, you know, if you're listening to this right now, it means that you've got to, you vibrate at a higher level of consciousness than the average person. The masses, not so much. It doesn't mean they're bad, it just means that they're not aware. Those of us that dare to dream while the rest of the world is having a nightmare, we're not only going to create the prosperity that we, we go after, our goals and our dreams and desires, but we're also going to become, a, because of our accomplishments and it comes the things that we do and the people that we become, we become the beacons of possibility for other people. So at the very least, as you grow as a person, And other people see you and experience you there's a part of them that's going well because eric did it i can do it and then that way we'll do that lastly life is exactly what you dare to make it and fortune favors the bold so the trick to life is is to constantly boldly
0: step up and dare to make your life magnificent make it magnificent a magnificent moment with joseph mclennan Thank you kindly, Joseph. I have one last question that I ask everybody in closing. If you had three days left to live, what would you do? You're seeing them on the walls
1: behind me. I love it. Yeah, there's three things that I would do. I would spend all of as much of that time with my son and the people that I love as I possibly can. The second thing I would do is I would, I would, uh, I, I'm, I'm a musician and I love musician uh, music. I'd play as much music as I possibly could. The third thing that I would do is I would get my affairs in order and, because my legacy are the things that I've written and created and produced. And I'd make sure that, that I pass that on to other people. Beautiful, Joseph.
0: Joseph, again, thank you kindly for your time. Thank you kindly for all of the insight. Um, and I'm just super grateful and excited to you know share all your message and your brilliance with the world.
1: My pleasure, my friend. God bless. And let's
0: stay in touch. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Resilient Minds podcast. If you seriously love the episode, please be sure to share it with your friends and click that subscribe button. Do it now. As I continue to grow, I'll be bringing on some leading entrepreneurs into the show. So follow me on Instagram or Facebook and drop a comment or send me a DM. Tell me who you'd love for me to interview and who you'd like to hear more from. Once again, Eric Balance signing off. And remember this, your X factor always determines your Y factor.